Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Oh, come on, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in this place. My Lord and my God. Woo! It's the first time I preached in a month. I hope y'all ate on the food truck. My, my eye watch, whatever this thing's called that tells you what to do, when to do it. It said, your environment is too loud. You know what I said? Dismiss. Somebody needs to tell the enemy, dismiss. My environment's too loud. I'm going to tell you, you can get lost in worship tonight. I got lost in worship on the way here. I was singing champion. And all of a sudden, I saw blue lights. And... And I said, Lord, they're for me. So I pulled my little self over. The policeman looked at me and said, ma'am, where you heading? I said, you want the truth? I'm heading to go preach. I said, I got caught up in worship. He said, you got your license? I said, I do. He said, let me just, let me check you out. And I'm going to give you a warning. The enemy's checking you out. Trying to give you a warning. Your environment's too loud. Come to find out when, the pre- when he got finished and he handed it to me, he said, you be blessed. And I said, sir, can I pray with you before I leave? He said, sure. So I just prayed a prayer over him. He said, he said, hon, I go to Destination Church in Sarah Land. Favor ain't fair, but it ain't my fault. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. He's faithful and he's good. You got your Bible before you're seated, turn to second. Second Thessalonians, it's not one that people preach out of a lot because it's hard to say. Second Thessalonians. Thank God I don't have a lisp anymore. I wouldn't be able to say that. Chapter 3, verse 3. Here's what the word of the Lord says. But the Lord is faithful. Somebody say amen. amen. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Let me say that again for those in the back. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. Let me bring forth this word with authority and boldness. God, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but tonight I've come in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. Believe in, Lord, that your word says that you're going to establish me and you're going to guard me. And not just me, but everybody in this house, Father. And God, we give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got my back. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes on I got your back. In this day and age that we live, we have come to the place where we can't depend on people. I ain't just talking about in the church. I'm talking about you in general. There's those people that are rock solid. I got a meme from one of my best friends the other night. True story. No, it was actually my sister today. 
My sister Brooklyn sent me a message and she said, I'm that all around friend who I'll go to church with you and I'll help you bury your body. Yeah. <laughs> Basically is what it's saying. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to protect you. I got your back. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on I got your back. Truly, we say that, I got your back, Pastor. But you let somebody start running their mouth and then sometimes we get involved in the conversation or somebody starts talking about our church and we get invited in the conversation or sometimes when somebody's talking about so-and-so and stuff, sometimes we get invited into a conversation. I got your back, but currently I'm talking about it. I'm going to preach tonight. Listen, I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me. How many will say I'll receive it? And I won't be bitter. Oh, that was easy. I won't be bitter because it's the Word. And the Word hurts, but the Word heals. If we go and we look in the Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 20, we're going to find a very familiar story where we have Saul, we have Jonathan, who's his son, and we have David, who's his best buddy. Now, if we go and we start reading the story about this, Saul had appointed David over the armies, but he became angry and jealous because David's success, he wanted to kill him. It seemed like everything that David touched was successful. Kind of reminds you of Forrest Gump. He's not a biblical character, but if you watch this movie, all he wanted to do was run. And that's the first thing the enemy wants us to do. When something begins to come toward us, or so, I said this on my Facebook Live yesterday, in Proverbs says that I don't go run anymore. I ain't running to 5K. The Bible says in Proverbs, the wicked run when nobody's after them. And the righteous are bold as a lion. I'm going to take that bold as a lion part, and I ain't going to run. But if I do, I don't have to be first, but I ain't going to be last. You may want to run with me. But in this chapter, if you go back and you read it when you have time, Saul had appointed David, and everything he was touching was successful. And David went to various places, and he fled from Saul because he heard Saul was after him. So many times throughout the Scriptures, we'll find men of God who after great battle, they hear somebody's after him. You go to the book, first book, King, first Kings chapter 18, where Elijah was on Mount Carmel and he fought the prophets of Baal, the greatest battle of all times, slew 450 men on his own. Now, can you imagine being number 337, just waiting your turn to die? I'm next. But once he had this great thing, and this is the thing though, before the fire of the Lord fell, and you go back and read that too, I don't have time to cover this. I'm going to give you 32 messages in one because I ain't preached in a month. But if you go back and you read the story, the Bible says that before the fire of the Lord fell, he rebuilt the altar. I leaned over to sister and I said, I don't want, pa pastor needs to hush. He's going to preach my message. I'm going to need him to stop right there. But he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was broken down. That mountain, Mount, it was not a place that there was a battle. That altar was broken because of apathy and neglect. And sometimes the enemy comes in 
Sometimes we give the enemy credit when it ain't the enemy because we've neglected the altar. We've neglected what God has given us and how that we're supposed to protect it, but yet it's easy for us to drop it. And after he slew the 450 prophets of Baal, the Bible says that he ran. And he ran to a cave. Now Ahab and Jezebel's after him. And I'm going to tell you something. Ahab and Jezebel's after your, your shepherds. I'm going to preach what I got. And I'm going to love you through it. Because I'm going to stand before the Lord for what I'm saying tonight. And I'm going to be careful. Because they're not just my friends anymore, Rod. They're my shepherds. And I got your back. I'm going to tell you, when I love you, I love you hard. I'll cut the devil's throat and hollow down the hole for you. That's the kind of love I got. But the Bible says that when he heard that Ahab and Jezebel were after him, she even made the statement, be it by this time tomorrow, if his head is not on this platter. He goes and he hides. And this is what the Lord says to him when he's hidden. Go back the way you came. I got to go back? Do you, God, do you know they're after me? Do you know this is about to take place? I got to go back. The Lord said, go back the way you came because the Lord reminded him on your way back, anoint the two kings. He reminded him of his purpose on his way back. Some of you in this house may be running from your call or running from this or running from that. But soon enough, you're going to have to turn back and come back the way you came because the Lord wants to remind you of your purpose. He wants to remind you of the plan. But in the meantime, he's saying to you tonight, I've got your back. I've equipped you with the whole armor of God to cover your front, but I've got your back. Saul's after David. He wants to kill him. He tried on numerous times to kill him. And every time Jonathan would tell him, here's what's going to happen. Go here, go there, go here, go there. David went to various places as he fled from Saul and the men who joined him. Now here's the thing. The Bible says that when he fled, he received help from several people. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I need help. Because I'm going to tell you, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. I'm going to tell you, if I got to go up against Rod Stokes, I ain't going by myself. I'm going to find the biggest man in this place who's not going to even come close to him and his height. And as soon as they get eye level, I'm going for the shin. Because if I can knock him off his feet, some of you need to go for the enemy's shins. Because if you can knock him off his feet, you can say, the Lord fights my battle. He's got my back. But we get intimidated so easily by what's in front of us. Let me just start right saying this right here. He received help from several people. It's so important for us to not buy into every story or every word that you hear about this one or about that one. Because that's how quick. Oh, I heard that. Well, it must be truth. If I heard it on Facebook, it's got to be true. If Google said it, I believe it, and that settles it. 
That's how we are. We operate like that. If we hear it, it can't be true. And it doesn't matter if you've done a million goods. Let them find one bad thing in your life and it's ruined you. When that one thing that they heard bad wasn't even truth. But you buy into it. And these people had bought into a lie of Saul. But if those people that were set up to help him had bought into that lie, David wouldn't have survived. Jonathan set out to protect his friend from his own father. He had an inside connection. When, where, and how his father was going to take David out. But church, God stepped in and he used people. He used people. And he told them, he tells us to take up our sword and take up our shield. That when the fiery darts come from the end, we can block them. We can stop them. We can put a stop to the fiery darts. Listen, I'm just going to preach and it's fine. God wants to protect what he's given you. But we'll put our hands on stuff that he's already took his hands off of and expect God to protect us in the middle of that. Protecting the sword, protecting the shield, and protecting what belongs to God. As a body of believers, we've got to learn discernment. We've got to know what's truth, and we've got to know what's anointed. Listen, I can get up here and sing till the cows come home. I know when to growl, and I know when to holler, and I know when to make you think I know what I'm doing. But if I'm not walking in an anointing, it's just words. It's just music. The anointing breaks the yoke, and it makes the difference. I've seen some incredible musicians and I've heard some incredible singers that were not anointed. And I'd rather hear somebody that was offbeat, not really because I'm a drummer, but I'm just, I'm trying to be real. I'd rather hear somebody who's off singing but giving it everything they got than hearing somebody who's incredible and has no anointing. As believers, we've got to learn what is true and what's the lie? Not just our pastors and for our church, but for your family, for your job, for your finances, for your marriage, for your children. If you want your children to prosper, let me tell you what the word says. The word says that the sins of our mothers and fathers are passed down from generation to generation, even unto the fourth. But I believe that the anointing of God, Rod, can be passed down from generation to generation and to generation. And what I have done is nothing compared to what my grandbabies and my great-grandbabies can do in the kingdom of God. Because that anointing, when it's pressed down, shaken together and running over, things begin to happen. And we change the atmosphere. Some of you in this house don't know the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. See, a, a thermometer just tells you what it is. And you got to believe it. But a thermostat sets it. When this worship team came in tonight, I was cold. But about that second song, I had to shed one of my shirts. Pastor said, look at your neighbor and say, it's hot. I said, he ain't lying. I'm sweating like I stole something. See, it gets hot. The enemy don't like it when we turn the dial. We, and my phone on my watch begins to say, your environment's too loud. See, the enemy's like a serpent. You know, serpents don't have ears. So when you bring a snake out in that enclosure at the zoo and they bring that snake out, 
When they bring that snake out, they'll tell you, shh, you gotta be quiet because snakes don't have ears, but they feel the vibration of your vocal cord. And if you get too loud, I've got to put him back where he came from. My environment's too loud. Let my environment be too loud. Let the vocal cords and vibration of my body, let that be pleasing to him. But you got to discern for your family, discern what is right. Saul was afraid of David. Saul gave him the job. But then he became afraid of him because he was doing his job. And he was successful at it. And he was afraid of him. He was jealous. Now, Pastor, can I take my liberty? He was jealous. When you are anointed by God... You'll find favor among men. But your favor ain't welcomed by everybody. People be jealous of your success because they haven't tapped into theirs. They haven't gotten to the place they want to be. So they want to do everything that they can do to detour you for your success. Because they can't seem to get there on their own. But they don't know the cost of the oil. They don't know what you paid to get there. They don't know the price that you paid and they're not willing to pay it. They just want to be successful on the back of somebody else who was putting in the oil. They don't know the sacrifice to get to the point of success. And whether this is in ministry, whether this is in your job, whether this is in your family, whether this is in your finances, you need to check your oil. That's a whole nother message, and I'm, I'm going to preach that sometime, too. We got to be careful. What's going to hinder you? When we were little, we used to sing, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Come on, sing it with me. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you Oh, be careful, big old mouth, what you say. Because life and death is in the power of your tongue. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, I got to tell somebody else about somebody else's failure. For the Father up above is looking down with love. I got your back. Be careful what you hear. I said it already once tonight. Favor ain't fair, but it ain't my fault. I should have had a ticket. I was going almost 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. I was lost in my worship. We go back to the scripture. Saul was jealous. He gave David a command over thousands of men and David led troops and everything David did, he had great success. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Just because you follow the Lord doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from the enemy. The word says that the weapons form, but they don't get to prosper. He recognizes the weapons, but they don't get to prosper. They don't get to take you out. God has the final say. He has the final word. He has the final thought. I had a friend of mine that was in the process of buying one church, and this is a church that they thought they were going to buy, and they wanted to buy this church. And, and I just told them, and every obstacle kept happening, and I said, look, that may not be the house for you. There may be some underlying things in that foundation, some things going on in that house that you don't need. She said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I don't know what we're going to do with the body. I don't know what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, they, they offered full price for a building that wasn't worth the price they were asking. And they were denied on, on the, the people that were selling, didn't want to give it to them and didn't want to let them purchase it. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, God showed up with eight acres and a building that'll hold three times as many property that's got room to build and things to do. They got eight acres. The other property only had three. And they got it for almost a half a million dollars less than what they were going to purchase. God is looking out for you. He's got your back. Don't make decisions quickly that's going to cause you struggle later on and then wonder why you ain't going into success and why things are still happening. You're wiping out. I got your back. Sunday morning, I asked Pastor, could I take my liberty? And he said, yes, and I'm going to be real with you, church. Sunday morning, I was standing over there and I was just worshiping. And this is what I was saying. God, thank you that I'm standing here today on the last day of the year, clothed in my right mind. I got myself ready today. I got myself to church. I drove my own self. I live by myself. I take care of myself. I pay my own bills. Nobody else pays my bills. I do it everything. But last year at this point, I was dying. And I stood over there thanking God. And all of a sudden, I felt a heaviness over our pastors. And I started praying. Now, we had not talked. We'll pop in on Facebook if somebody's saying something, and we'll just little little chime on whatever. But we don't talk unless I'll send her a text occasionally, like I wish I had a corn dog. <laughs> Tonight, she said, food trucks are here. What you want? I said, corn dog. She said, we don't got a corn dog truck. Somebody needs to be anointed to start one. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Receive that. You can make some change on a corn dog, I'm telling you. Put a truck on the corner and a corn dog will sell. Especially if it's a foot long, a Fanny Farkle. I'm telling you, I'll drive to Gatlinburg to get one right now. There's anointing in that. Hear that? But Sunday morning, I felt the urge to begin to pray for our pastors. And I began to pray a shield of protection upon them for their mind, soul, body, and spirit. If there was a negative word that was coming against them, I was casting it down. The Lord gave us authority. And as I was standing over there praying, I just felt in my spirit something was lurking. Now, I'm not a prophetic, heal it, feel it, claim it, name it, come tell you all this. I'm not one of those kind of people. If I feel something, I'll tell you. But it's few and far between when I just go bust up in there and tell somebody something. Because I'm careful because I'm going to stand before the Lord. But I felt something lurking. I felt a squeeze. See, a python ain't going to bite you, but it's going to squeeze you and suck the life out of you. But this, I felt that, and I began to pray that the Lord would give them a vision. But I felt something lurking that was trying to muzzle the vision. And I didn't know if they were going through anything, and a few minutes later, Pastor got up to preach, and he made the statement. Now, nobody was over, like Kimmy prayed with me a little bit, but I just was over there in my own little world praying. And then he came up and he said, let me just be honest and be real as your pastor. 2023 was the hardest year I've ever pastored. And I felt it in my gut. And we had not talked. I don't know what mess that was going on. I don't know what had happened in 2023. I'm just glad to breathe in 2023. So if there was mess going on, I, I don't know. But I just felt it. And I was so grieved in my spirit 
But I just want to speak to the enemy and anybody who would allow the enemy to work through him. And I'm not, I'm going to look at the TV screen as I say this because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm trying to tell them this or I'm trying to tell them that. But if you are trying to squeeze the, the muzzle, if you're trying to do that, let me tell somebody right here, God's watching you. When you try to put the squeeze on what God wants to do, you're putting a squeeze on who can be saved and who can't be saved. Because if the word can't come forth, they can't get delivered. And then you wonder why your babies and your people at work and this and that and all these things are happening. It's because you're trying to put a squeeze on what God's trying to do. And I'm going to drop that dime and let you pick it up, whoever needs to hear that. But that puts up a wall of resistance. And sometimes these things happen. Sometimes these things happen if our pastor or our minister, our worship... Listen, what happens when they tap into that vein and they begin calling out some things and then you get mad because they're calling out your sin. This is what I was telling her. He's getting all over this. We, we want a shepherd to protect us. Bless Pat, if I'm in the hospital, I expect you to show up. My kid's sick, I expect you to show up. If I got something going on, I expect you to show up. But when I start to shepherd you, because see, a shepherd's got that long hook. That long hook can reach up, grab you by the neck, snap you back in line. Because if you think about it, he'll leave the 99 to find the one. Why is that? Because he's a shepherd. And when he's given our shepherd a mandate, to go and do that, the hardest part about being the one that's lost is being the one that's lost when nobody's looking for you. We want a protector, but we don't want a shepherd. People expect us as ministers and things. And, and listen, this is, this is the hard part about church. I've not even formally met the worship pastors. So I don't know where y'all are. Will you wave at me? I'm Leanne. You wait till you get to church, and if they're not singing your song, you're not going to be involved. I've seen churches split over the color of the carpet. Thank God we got concrete. This church won't split over carpet, I can tell you that. You may split because you don't like orange. I mean, I think it should be gray and burgundy, but I mean, it's, that's real tight. But I mean, that's just me. But I'm going to see it. I'm going to sit in the gray seat, though. I'm not going to sit in the orange one. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Let me go back here. But if they're not singing that song, you're not going to worship. Knowing you need to be reprimanded sometimes. I do. Listen, I'm straight grown. I don't like it when you tell me what I'm going to do. But then sometimes I just have to get a glass of shut-up juice and just sit there, take a big gulp out of it, and say I needed that. People expect the ones that are over them and the Lord to just go along with whatever they do. They don't want to guide and protect. But you can't protect people that won't let you lead them. When people say, you, you, I say this all the time. You don't have to give, you don't have to, people, let me get my words right. You give people enough rope, they'll hang their own self. They don't even need your help. 
God will expose it. But this church is a breath of fresh air to me. And I'm going to fight alongside my pastors, alongside the staff. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to do what I got to do. And I pray that I don't have to throat punch you in the spirit. But if you need it. I done got my strength about me. I don't know if you watched it or not, but I walked up that step by myself tonight. This is the first time since I've been out of the hospital that I've climbed steps without a rail. This is the first time that I've stepped on a stage without having somebody have to guide me. She said, can I take your tablet? I said, no. Can I take your water? I said, no, because I'm going into battle. She said, let me take your shirt. I said, no, I'm going to tie it around my waist. I'm about to go into battle. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes after you've gotten through the hurt and after you've gotten through the pain, you've got strength to do things that you've not been able to do. You can walk and talk. Woo! Y'all better sit down. I ain't done yet. You want things to stop happening until you give God control. When you lose control, the Lord, when you take your hands off of it, he can put his hands on it. We keep picking up things that's familiar. Galatians 5 and 1 says, So stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not again entangled in a yoke of bondage. If he's already delivered you, why the flip do you want to turn around and walk right back into what you just got delivered from? Why? Because it's familiar. And the enemy wants us to live in familiar, but God said, I want you to live in grace and I want you to live in peace and I want you to live in joy and my mercy that is new every morning, I want you to tap into it. Ooh, I may look like I'm mad, y'all, but I ain't. This is not a beat up the church message. This is a message of 2024. We're to be a watchman on the wall. The Bible says that the enemy is roaring like a lion, seeking the whom he can devour. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. The Lord gives our pastor a word. And it's not just for one individual, it's for the house. But this is what we do. We're so holy. We hear that word and we know something about somebody else. You don't know who that's for. They need to hear that. Say it again, Pastor. You heard me? Sometimes it's for you before you want to cast a stone. Tonight, I feel like the Lord, listen, just raise your hands up like this. One hand. Do like this. Drop your stones. You don't need to be slinging it. You need to be praying. Now, I'm about to get to this part right here that I feel is very imperative. And I know I've been funny. And that's just how I am. If you know me as a real person, that's how I roll. I've got a wisecrack and I'm going to one-up you every time. But I'm being very serious when I say this. Ministry is the loneliest place you can walk. I've been full-time staff before, very large church. And I could be in a room full of people and feel like I was alone. I'm in the middle of doing ministry and feel like I'm walking this out by myself. Those that I was going to think was going to be on my team and I could depend on them, they're not on my team anymore because they heard this or they heard that or they bought into the lie of the enemy. I've not been here long. 
So I don't know which ones of y'all pay tithe. I don't know which ones of y'all are givers, which ones of y'all work in this job part or this part or this part. I don't know whether you're just a Sunday morning only person, you're just a smoke in the kingdom. That's Sunday morning only. I don't know who you are. So let me just say I'm not casting a stone at anybody. I'm just saying this. It's not directed at anybody. I, I gave the pastor a word Sunday. Can I share? Again, I don't know nobody. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit before he got up here and said, this has been the hardest of my life. Now, I'm not putting them on a pedestal. They, they human. I just want them to know I got you back. I told him Sunday, I said, there's people in this house and in this community, and I, I wrote this so that I would remember to stay on task, that are holding their breath to see you and this church fail. But as a member and a child of God, I'm going to do my best to make sure they suffocate. That's our job, Rod. That's our job. To make sure those that are trying to cause mess is exposed. Hear me out. If our shepherds have direction to lead this church and we're sold out to Christ and we're sold out to the church, we're sold out to our leader and our director and we've got to watch the vision go forth, we've got to protect the front line. If I ask you to help me tonight, would you come to the front stage with me? Hey, Sister Children's Church, I need you too. Come and get on the stage with me. Corn dog, come get up here with me. He knows who he is. Oh, Gibson. I don't know where he's at. Come on. Come on. I mean, it ain't like we're waiting on you or nothing. I love him. Y'all, I love him. He told me the last time I preached this, I just want to thank you for not picking on me. So there's that. No, you got to stand on the line. Here's what happens. We're the front line. I just chose these because this is just a few leaders that I actually know. But here's what happened. All throughout Scripture when there's a battle. Pastors, will you and your family come stand behind us? See, it ain't just about this mom and this daddy and this pastor and this pastor's wife. We're responsible for these babies. We're responsible to protect them and have their back. But here's the thing. Every battle that was fought, they sent in the worshipers and the praisers. They were the front line. They were the ones that was bringing it in. You know why they were doing that? Because they were protecting what was to come. And I'm vowing to this church and I'm vowing to this pastor and these people that I've locked arms with. We're the front line and we are protecting what is to come in 2024. I believe that this is the year of the open door. And if we want, I believe if we want to see more, we're going to have to be the watchman on the wall that we're called to be. We've got to protect our pastors. We've got to protect the anointing. We've got to protect from the enemy who would not only try to destroy the pastors, but they tried, the enemies tried to bring sickness into their house and their babies. But as a front line, 
We'll stand not divided tonight. You know what the word division dissected out is? It says division. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. How many say I'm going to be a part of that? I want to lock arms spiritually and protect the house. Y'all can go down. Don't go far. Just go to the front down here. Pastors, if you'll come down here, hear me out. You can go ahead, darling, and begin to play. The Lord gave me a word for our pastors, and if you'll come stand right here in the front. I wrote this down, and I'm going to read it. Because I did not want anybody to detour my thoughts. I sat in my recliner today with the lights out and a lamp on. And I was allowing the Holy Spirit to just guide me and direct me. And I may be 100 miles off, but I may be dead on tonight. And I feel more like that I'm dead on more than I felt like in a long time. I'm going to tell you what my sister told me when I was in the hospital. She said, in this family, we don't fight alone. It's easy for us to say, I got your back to your face. Until you see the enemy trying to destroy something that God's doing. It's easy for us to want to just be a part of it because we people that are nosy. Saul was so jealous of the relationship that Jonathan had with David, so much so that he wanted him dead. I refuse to be jealous. If you've already gotten yours, praise the Lord. I'm going to thank God for it. See, let me tell you what the enemy does for me. He tries to convince me, Rod, because my husband, if you knew my husband before he passed away, we were hand and glove fit. He tells me all the time, you're going to do this the rest of the time by yourself. I don't know if you're 50 years old and you tried to date, but it's like going to the thrift store to find the least damaged item. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I refuse to settle. I'm not alone. I may go to bed by myself at night, and there may not be nobody next to me, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I know people's got my back. I know how the Lord has made a way when there seemed to be no way. I know what it's like to look at a hospital bill and watch the Lord say, I got this. The battle is real. I've had people that have approached me to tell me they've got financial stability. They can offer me this and they can offer me that and they just want to to be a part of my life and want me to be a part of theirs. And then I say, the worst thing that I could think of when my husband passed away is who's going to pray over me now? I told my best friend, PB, I said, PB, two things. Number one, who's going to pray over me? Number two, if I get sick, who's going to take care of me? That was my biggest fear. Can I tell you almost every Sunday morning, that I get up to go stand in the pulpit, I get a text to say, I'm praying for you today. 
It'll be a random text from somebody that I ain't talked to in forever. And then all of a sudden, I'll get a text message from my mama every day that said, I'm praying for you, baby, uh, without ceasing. You know who took care of me? My family. Can I tell you that they're not my blood biologically, but they're my blood by commitment. I'm committed to this house. I'm committed to this body and I'm committed to this pastor. I'm committed to this team. I'm committed to the kingdom. Scripture says this in Isaiah 60 and 22, and when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. But the spirit man with some of these folks was not lined up and I refused to settle. And some of us, and I'm going to say this with everything that's within me, we've allowed some Delilahs to come into our life. They're after what you've got. The enemy is after the power and the anointing that works within our shepherd and works within this staff and works within this church. The enemy's after it. Some of you have laid your head in the lap of Delilah. The enemy knows where your weakness is, but in him we're made strong. And I want to tell you what I feel like that the Lord is saying to us tonight. Pastors, it's time we dismiss the Delilahs and give the enemy notification. No longer do you have access, control, or attendance in my life and in my church or the people in it or anything that I set my hand to. Ephesians says to give no place to the devil. Every negative seed that has been sown out of anger Malice, jealousy, bitterness is being uprooted right now in the name of Jesus. You will no longer nurture a seed that will produce hurt, pain, or discord. And this church will go forward and it will accomplish what it's been set out to accomplish. And every word that has been spoken against the shepherd, the staff, and the vision of this house will backfire. And every lie and every liar will be exposed and will be shut down. 2024 will be the year of the open door for more. God, I want more. I'm believing that we don't have to be a, when we get to the door, we don't even have to touch the knob. It's already gonna be open unto us to walk in. And together, arm in arm, you can declare this day on January the 3rd, 2024 a monumental moment where we've built an altar that said thus saith the Lord we'll go forward Pastor Rod, Sister Kimmy would you come and lay hands on our pastors church will you stand in agreement staff front line will you come get behind them I'm about to bring this to a close pastors I want you to hear me look at me right here pastor look at me Rod just one moment pastor look at me this is a leap year, but I believe it's your reap year. God, go ahead, Rod. Your leap year is your reap year. Yeah, 
if this word is not just for our pastors. Some of you, 2023 was the worst year of your life. Turn me up, turn me up, turn me up. 2023 was the worst year of your life. But this is a leap year. And it's going to be your leap year. You're going to reap the seeds that you've sown. If you're in this house tonight and you say, Leanne, I'm weary. I'm wore out. I'm ready to throw my hands up and quit if God don't move. If you need a reap year, I want you to not walk, but I want you to run to this altar. If you need a reap year, you say, God, I need to reap. I'm so tired of being in lack. I'm so tired of this and that. I put my time in. But nothing seems to be changing. Some of you may be in this house and the reason you ain't saw some things happen is because you may not have things in order just yet. God wants to bring your chaos into order tonight. It's as simple as saying, God, I know what I've done. I know what I've said. And I'm sorry. Line me up with your word, God. Line me up with your word. Leanne, I don't got no fight left within me. Psalms 46 and 1 says that God is my refuge and my strength, my very present help in the time of trouble. Deuteronomy 3 and 16, it says this. It said, be strong and courageous. Every person that you've held hostage in your heart because of unforgiveness, because of bitterness, because of malice or lack, release them to the Father tonight. Don't hold back anymore. You're sitting there, some of you are sitting there battling in your mind right now. I want to surrender, but I want to hold on. I want to surrender, but I want to hold on. If you want God to have your back, you got to let it go. Psalms 91 says that he that dwelleth in the secret place abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He don't just have your front. He's got your back. He's got your side. And I believe there's some people in this house that's going to lock arms with our pastor and say, I'm here to tell you, pastor, I got your back. How many will say, I got your back? I'm going to lock arms with you. I'm going to buy into the vision. I'm going to see this church go forward. Those of you that are battling you in your mind, that's going to be the heaviest weight that you're going to carry tonight. But the scripture says this, cast your cares on me, for I careth for you. You're going to reap what you've sown, what you've planted, it's going to grow, whether it's been in the spirit, whether it's been in the flesh. But let me tell you tonight, we serve a God of forgiveness. And if you've got some things that you need to get under the blood, run to this altar. Allow him to uproot everything. We refuse to allow anything negative to grow. I'm going to give you just another moment and I'm going to turn this praise team loose. I feel like there's some people I could walk and come get you, but I'm not going to. Because if you want it, you'll come. Father, in the name of Jesus, I deliver my...
We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon. 